Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. First John chapter 5 is our text that we want to look at, verse 14 through 17. And right before this, John made it very clear that if you have the Son, you have life. Those that don't have the Son, they don't have life. But these things were written, he said, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Not think about it, but that you may know that you have eternal life. Then he goes on to say in this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we desire of him. If any man sees his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin not unto death. So, um, well, Father, first of all, we thank you for your word. Give us ears to hear it, hearts to receive it. Change us by it, that we might glorify you in and through it. In Jesus' name, amen. At the end of his first epistle, he emphasizes two important things. That you know that you have eternal life, that you're confident in your salvation, and that you're confident that he hears and answers your prayer. In other words, there's a positive response from him to your prayer. And that's what he wanted to emphasize before uh, he concluded that letter. So how is it that we can know these things? Well, first of all, he said these were written for you so that you know you have eternal life. Aren't you glad that you picked up this book one day and you found out that in it offers you eternal life? Amen. The message in it offers you eternal life and you've accepted that, right? And now you know that you know that you know that you're saved by the grace of God through faith. Okay. But then he goes on to say, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know he hears us. So when we pray tonight, we need to know he hears us. Then we know we have the petition we desire of him. So what are some of the keys to answered prayer or keys to effective praying? Well, first of all, we've got to be confident. This is the confidence we have in him. So we need to be confident. And how do we get confident? By understanding that the access that we have to the throne of God is by the blood of Jesus, right? But then also look at Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. You've got representation. We have representation at the right hand of the majesty on high. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or declaration or confession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Why is that in there between verse 16 and 14? Because you, when you go to the throne of God, you can't go there with confidence if you go there with the consciousness of your sin, your flaws, your faults, your shortcomings, and so on. So because he was tempted as we are yet in all points yet without sin, so let us therefore come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So our approach to God is based on the accomplishments and achievements of Jesus, not ours. Because of what he's done, we can boldly and confidently go before the throne of God and petition the Father. So this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know he hears us, notice that statement. John says, do you know he heard you? How do I know he heard me? Well, if we ask according to his will, he hears us. So we have to ask according to his will to know that he hears us. Because if I know he hears me, that's all it takes, then I know I have the petition that I've desired of him. So where do I discover his will? The word of God. Actually, there are two resources. The word of God, the spirit of God. The word of God reveals to us the general revealed will of God. And, and also we can get the specific will of God by the spirit of God. And they don't contradict each other. And that is something we need to understand. Now, why is it important that we know he hears us? We'll give us a quick example. Jesus is our example. So let's look at John's gospel, chapter 11. A couple of verses here. Notice that even when we use our faith and make our faith declarations, it's important to know that he hears us. Therefore, his sister sent him unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness, notice he said what? This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. That's what he said. Okay? Then you know four days go by. Then let's pick it up at the verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, that's Lazarus, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that you heard me. Heard what? He didn't pray. He made a declaration of faith. He made a declaration of faith before the throne of God, and he knew the Father heard what he said. You talk about some confidence. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said, Father? No, you heard what I said. I know you heard what I said. So, I thank you that you heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Death was not more powerful than his words. Death had no power over his confidence that the father heard what he said when he said this sickness is not a death, even though he died and was starting to decay. Now, if he didn't start to decay, it might be, you know, you might not believe it as much. But... No, he was dead and decaying. The father heard what he said, and he knew the father heard what he said, so he knew he had it. There could be no other result. Just like Paul said, I believe what he said when he was out on a boat, as it was spoken, I believe. Well, we understand our need even when we declare our faith or whether we pray. We pray according to his will. That way we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then it's a done deal. Then we have the petition that we desired of him. Well, we find his will, of course, by going to the word. But by knowing that our heart is free from condemnation and guilt is also that which gives us confidence before the throne of God, which is why it says, come, how? By him and his achievements to the throne of grace. Now look at John, 1 John's Gospel, chapter 3. 
Look at this. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. If our heart condemns us, then we don't have confidence toward God. But if our heart condemns us not, we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should love on, uh, believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So when our hearts keep his commandments, then we know our hearts will not condemn us. So if there's something, guilt, animosity, unforgiveness, or anything like that within the heart, we're not going to be confident before the throne of God. Look at the next verse in, in, uh, in Psalm 66 and verse 18. Look at what this verse says. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not what? He won't hear me. So I can't regard iniquity in my, in my heart because I, I won't have confidence and God won't hear me. And you know what? If he makes a decision not to hear, we're stuck. So we don't want to pray aimlessly. Right? We want answers. And look at one more verse in Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Oh, how important is it that he hear us and that I know he, hear, he, he hears me? So I know I have the petition I desired of him. So it's important to see to it that our hearts don't condemn us in any way, that we're free from anything within that would be offensive to God, because when we get it all under the blood and we got a pure heart and motive, then guess what? He hears me. And when I know he hears me, you know, we got it made. One more thing before we continue on. And this is something that really was, a, I know it now, I didn't know it then. But man, it really, it hit me between the eyes. When I was, this is before I even went to Rama, And I got a call from a friend that said, please run, get to the hospital as soon as you can. My baby, you know, is, is in trouble. So I go to the hospital in Youngstown. And when I get there, he wants me to pray for the baby. The baby was in this incubator, and the baby was in a bad, bad situation. So I said, okay, where is the chapel? So I go over to the chapel. I find it and I get in the chapel, get on my knees. Like I said, I'm, I'm really young in the Lord and never faced anything like this before. So I just start praying in the Holy Ghost as fast as I could. Um, and as I'm praying in the Spirit, I hear these words, authoritative words. The child is with me and is being loved like he has never been loved before. He's not coming back. So I'm there to pray with these troubled parents, grandparents, family members, because this child is dying. Now, do we know that it's the will of God to heal? Absolutely. No, this really is the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God is seen here. If he says to you, there's nothing you can do about this situation, you know what? Even though we know his word says healing is ours, but if he says, that's not going to change. 
it's not going to change. And you could, do, you could fast, you could pray, you could do whatever you want to do for hours on end. And it's aimless. And there are reasons behind it, and I, I found out the reasons behind it. But just to hear that this child is being loved like it's never been loved before. And he will not come back. Who am I? Who are you? How can we change that? You can't. He knows better than we do. He knows a whole lot. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. And why am I bringing this out? Because we want to cooperate with God in our prayer time. We want to make certain we align ourselves with the word of God, align ourselves with the spirit of God as well. So that we can get results. We want results. Amen.